أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم آية نمبر 36 فما so whatever أوتيتم you have been given من شيء of anything anything that you have been given what does it mean whatever we have is because it was given to us given to us by who by Allah even if we did something to reach it we did something to acquire it we could only get it because Allah allowed it because Allah facilitated it because so often you leave with money in your bag but you return only with the money in your bag you didn't find what you wanted you couldn't buy what you were looking for because it was not facilitated for you so fama utitum min shay'in whatever it is that you have been given and min shay'in anything whether it is big or small whether it is money or diamonds, or house, or job, career, status, whatever it is that you have, realize that it is فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ dunya. So it is مَتَاعُ It is for enjoyment of الْحَيَاةِ dunya, The worldly life. Meaning the life in this world, that is where you use these things. مَتَاعُ Matar is that which is useful, that which is used, but for a time. Meaning for a limited amount of time. So the word matar, I mean, it is goods or things which you use, but you know that you have them temporarily only. And this is the reality of everything in this world. It is of benefit to us in this dunya, just temporarily. It's not going to benefit us in the hereafter. We can't take our things with us when we die. The most personal things even will be left behind. And they will be in the hands of other people. Think about it. What is the most personal thing that you have? Maybe it's your email. Maybe it's your phone. It's something that you don't give access to other people. You don't share that with other people. And maybe even if you want to, they have no interest in it. Because they have their own email and they have their own stuff. But realize that even these things that we consider as so valuable to us and so personal, they are only mata'ul hayat dunya They are used in this world and then they stay here, they finish here, and we move on. We go away. We leave. مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ dunya. Recently, in my house, I saw this very fancy tablet. All right, it was like a, a tablet computer, right? like a giant iPad kind of thing, but not really an iPad. Very huge. Fancy, very good. And I was wondering where that came from, whose it was. And my husband told me that tablet belonged to his co-worker who died. He died suddenly in his sleep, and he had certain emails related to work, which were necessary for the work to continue. And so they couldn't access his personal email from a computer. So 
this man's wife brought the tablet so that his personal emails could be accessed and all the relevant information could be taken from there for work purposes. And that gadget sat in my house for a week. And I saw my husband, you know, with a hard drive, accessing things and putting them on the hard drive so that he could take them to work and do whatever had to be done with them. And that really hit me. Because our email is like the most personal thing we have, isn't it? Our gadgets, our phones, our tablets, our computers, they're so personal. We don't even share them with our family. But it's amazing. When we die, these things are no longer with us. They're no longer with us. This is the reality of everything of this world. It is temporarily with us. It's temporarily with us. فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ dunya. It is just of use in the worldly life. And we see this. A lease expires, a business contract, you know, it comes to an end. A job comes to an end. You know, things, they leave us and we move on. Everything in this life, in this world, it slips away from our hands. Wama And that which is in the law, it is with Allah. Meaning what He has in store in the hereafter. That is khayrun. It is much better. Much better in terms of value. In terms of its worth and benefit and quality. It's much better. وَأَبْقَى And it is more lasting. Meaning its duration is eternal. Think about it. The things of this world, no matter how expensive they may be, no matter how valuable they may be, their worth is little. Why is their worth little? Because their worth is little because they're not with us forever. I mean, that reduces their worth so much. Because they're not with us forever. They're with us only temporarily. And no matter how good they may be, they will always have problems. They will always have deficiencies. Even the best car you drive will one day stop working. Isn't it? It will happen. So, وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ That which is with Allah of akhirah, of reward, that is better. How? It is khayrun in terms of worth. And abqa it is more lasting, meaning its duration is eternal. But it is for who? لِلَّذِينَ amanu. It is for those who believe. وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ And upon their Lord, يَتَوَكَّلُونَ They rely. This reward of the hereafter is reserved for who? Those who believe and those who rely upon Allah. They don't rely upon themselves or their wealth or their power or their ability. They rely upon Allah. And what is tawakkul? Tawakkul is to trust someone other than oneself. To trust someone other than oneself. And give them, you know, the charge over your affairs in the sense that you accept whatever they decide. You accept whatever they do. You don't have any problems with it. That is tawakkul. Tawakkul, it is defined as sidqul i'timad ala Allah. True, honest, sincere reliance upon Allah. Fi jalbil manafir wa daf'il madar. In acquiring something beneficial and in, in removing or repelling what is harmful. Ma'athiqati billah. And it is done with how? Holding on to Allah. 
holding on to Allah, meaning relying upon Him and trusting Him and knowing that He will make the best decision. So akhirah is for who? Alladina amanu wa ala rabbihim yatawakkalun. What do we see in this ayah? That whatever is from this world, then its worth is little. Even if it's gold. Even if a person were to have the entire earth's fill in gold, its worth would be little. Why? Because even if a person has the treasures of Qarun, they are temporary. They're not eternal. And whatever is transient, whatever is temporary, has little value. It has little value. I mean, think about it. Disposable items. Things that can be disposed. So for example, disposable plates and cups and all of that. Their worth is little. Which is why they're cheaper. Why are they cheaper? Because they're supposed to be thrown away after one use. So because they are temporary, their life is too short, this is why they're cheaper. Correct? And if something is meant to stay with you for life, then its worth would be much more. So everything in this world, its worth is little because it is transient. In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 46, Allah says, Al-Malu Al-Banuna Zinatul Hayat Dunya. They're just adornment of this worldly life. And adornment, decoration, we all know its worth. Right? There is a party. Forget about a party, a wedding. How much is spent on wedding decorations? Isn't it? How much is spent? It's amazing. On the stage and on the flowers and on the centerpieces and the candles and the decoration and all of that. But what happens as soon as the party is over? Garbage. Or it's returned. Or it's just sitting in somebody's basement now. You know, God knows what's going to happen to it. This is its value. It's just adornment. It's there so that you can feel happy that you have it. But then it's just there with you for a little while. الْمَالُ وَالْبَنُونَ زِينَةُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْبَاقِيَاتِ الصَّالِحَاتِ What is going to remain, what is going to stay, what is going to live on, are righteous deeds. They are خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ ثَوَابًا وَخَيْرٌ أَمَلًا And the thing is that the things of this world, where they are of little worth, they are also a cause of immense grief, and worry for a person. Think about how much we feel sad because of the things of this world. I lost my ring. My bracelet broke. My email is full. My house is dirty. My laundry bin is full. My fridge is empty. I mean, the things of this world, what is it that they bring to you all the time? Grief or worry, isn't it? Or work. Iman teaches a person the true worth of this dunya. So what happens? He changes his priorities. Then his priority is not on the things of this world, on the zina of this world. Rather his priority is the treasures of akhirah. Because the treasures of akhirah, they have worth and they are eternal. So, such a person then, he relies upon Allah, knowing that what he has lost, if a person has lost something, what he has lost was not of much worth in the first place. And what he will receive from Allah for his patience, inshallah, will be much better.
So there's this concept called minimalism, and it's basically Iman, but the okay. non-Muslim version. Okay. So it's like they try to get rid of anything that they don't need, like worldly possessions that just, you know, are in the way, you know. And they focus on experiences and relationships more. And that way they achieve happiness in life. And, you know, yeah. it just shows that in our fitrah we want this kind of thing. Because no matter how many things we have, the more things we have, the more problems we have. Isn't it? I mean, just look at how many toys kids have in general. Right? The more toys they have, the more problems they have. I don't have this one and she took that and he took that and he's not giving me this and he's not sharing this. And I can't find this piece and I can't find that piece. Right? And I'm bored of it. I don't like it anymore. And then the tidy up and the clean up non-stop, 24-7. It's only a source of grief. So, وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ You see, in order to do amal salih, you have to give up some dunya at least. Isn't it? You have to. So they rely upon Allah and they're able to give up the things of this world, whether in charity or keeping away from them in order to do something that's more useful and more productive. وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ And those who يَجْتَنِبُونَ There are those who avoid. يَجْتَنِبُونَ اجْتِنَابِ جِيم نُون بَا Jump. What is jump? Side. And اجْتَنَبَ is to Avoid something, you know, by moving away. Because when you move away, you move your side away. Alright? So, yet tanibuna they avoid. Now tell me something. When is it that you have to avoid something? When it's coming your way. When it's in front of you. So they avoid kaba'ir al-ithm. Major sins. What does the word yet tanibuna show? that they have the opportunity to commit a major sin. If they wanted to, they could. It's in their way. They're faced with it. They can. But, yajtanibuna. They choose to shun. They choose to leave. They choose to avoid. They consciously avoid kabair al-ism, major sins. Because sometimes we are very easy on ourselves because we say, what could I have done? I was in that situation. Right? Well, that is exactly when you were supposed to avoid that wrong. If you weren't in that situation, then it wasn't relevant to you. So, yajtanibuna kabair al-ism. Kabair, plural of the word kabira. And what does kabira mean? Kaf bara, that which is great, that which is big, major, serious. And kabair al-ism, major sins, what are they? They are those actions which are forbidden. Haram. They are forbidden. Meaning, as Muslims, we're not allowed to indulge in those things, to perform those actions, to do those things. They're forbidden. And how do we know that they're forbidden? Because firstly, there is a nas, there is a text prohibiting that particular action. Meaning there's a verse of the Qur'an, there's a statement of the Prophet ﷺ, clearly showing that that action is forbidden. Right? The word haram has been used. Like for example, وَحَرَّمَ riba. حَرَّمَ riba. What does it mean? That Allah has forbidden interest, riba. So indulging in riba, dealing with riba would be what? A major sin. 
So that's the first thing about major sins. Secondly, a major sin is also that for which there is a had, meaning a punishment. A punishment in this world. So for example, in Surah An-Nur, we learned about the sin of accusing a chaste woman or a chaste man of committing zina. Accusing someone of committing zina without any proof. Right? So this is a crime for which there is punishment. Right? There is a legal punishment of certain amount of lashes. So this is a major sin. Thirdly, for this action, kabira sin is that action for which there is the la'na of Allah, the curse of Allah. Meaning if a person were to do it, then he would incur the la'na of Allah. It's mentioned in the Qur'an, in the sunnah, that Allah has cursed such and such individual who does such and such action. Can you think of a particular action for which is la'na? Okay, yeah, there's that hadith that Allah has cursed the person who tattoos and gets it done, right? And also the eyebrows, alright? So that is a major sin. Likewise, the fourth thing is that it's an action for which there is ghadab, Allah's anger. وَغَضِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ Allah is angry with him. And then the last one, how many points have I given you? Four. The fifth is that there is nafi of iman. Meaning, iman is negated. Like for example, in certain ahadith we learn, لَيْسَ مِنَّا Such a person is not of us. Right? مَنْ فَلَيْسَ مِنَّا So, he's not of us, meaning his iman is being negated. Because of the action, because of the crime that he is doing. And there are many, many major sins that we learn about from the Qur'an and Sunnah. So, those who avoid major sins... And والفواحش, and also the immoralities, meaning they avoid immoral actions also. Fawahish, plural of the word fahisha, and fahisha is that action which is indecent, meaning doing it is indecent, saying it is indecent, watching it is indecent. You don't need, you know, a certain evidence or proof to tell you that this is wrong. Right? It's just the fitrah, I mean, common sense will tell you that this is indecent. Right, watching something inappropriate, it's indecent, it's fahisha, it's just wrong. So wal fawahish, they avoid immoralities also. And sadly, there's so many immoralities that have been glorified or that have been beautified, you know, in the name of fun. For instance, just to become popular, people will make such foolish videos, right, in which they're pranking others and hurting others and frightening others and scaring them and doing the most horrible things. And they're making videos out of them, getting a good laugh and getting hundreds and thousands of likes and becoming famous through immoralities. Walfawahish. Remember, and sometimes we criticize people doing such things, but realize that when we are watching it, we're adding more and more views to these things. We are also part of the problem. Fahisha is that which is indecent, meaning it's doing, it's saying, it's watching, is all indecent. Just because we're watching it, doesn't mean that we're out of the problem. No, we're part of the problem. So, those whose focus is the akhirah, whose priority is the akhirah, then then how are they? They avoid major sins as well as the immoralities. So, in order to get to Jannah, it's necessary to leave major sins and all types of immoralities. Whether these sins and immoralities are of the tongue, or in actions, or in clothing, 
whether it is in the form of riba or lying, falsely accusing others, hurting and harassing others, all of these actions must be left. In Surah An-Nisa, ayah 31, Allah says, "In tajtanibu anhu." If you avoid the major sins that you have been forbidden from, then nukafir ankum sayyatikum. We will expiate you for your sins, meaning we will forgive you your sins. karima, and we will admit you into a noble entrance. And what is that noble entrance? Jannah. Then wa ida and when ma ghalibu. Whenever they are angry, هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ They forgive. Those whose priority is Jannah, when they get angry, what do they do? They show their anger. They display their anger. What do they do? يَغْفِرُونَ They forgive. What does it mean? They do get angry. Anger is something that's kind of unavoidable. All right? It's natural, it's human to get angry. What is ghadab? What is anger? That when you are displeased with something to such an extent that you want to do something, that displeasure, that unhappiness is so strong inside your heart that it is affecting your blood pressure, it's affecting the look on your face, it's affecting your breathing, and then you can't keep all of that within yourself, so what happens? Words come out, alright, or there's aggressive behavior. This is ghadab. Now, everyone gets angry. Some people get angry a little, and other people get angry a lot, very frequently. It's normal. In fact, we see that even the Prophet ﷺ would get angry. Isn't it? Aren't there so many ahadith that tell us that he got angry? He did. However, everyone does not know how to forgive when angry. The Prophet ﷺ knew how to forgive when he was angry. But most people do not know how to forgive. Forgiving someone when you're angry at them means not taking revenge. Whether that revenge is through words or through some action or some behavior. So, وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ In other words, they get over their anger quickly. They don't stay angry. They let go. And this is very, very important. We must learn to let go when we're angry. Because when we show anger to someone, then what happens? They're bearing it, they're suffering, they're getting hurt, and who's also getting annoyed? We are. So, forgive and let go, get over it, or else life will become extremely difficult. I mean, you know, when you stay angry, who's unhappy? Who's unhappy? You yourself are. And the funny thing is that the person you're angry at doesn't even know you're angry at them. Or they're so used to your anger and moodiness that quite frankly, they don't care anymore. They really don't. Right? They know that my mom's always getting upset with me, so whatever. She's yelling, yelling, yelling. And the son is ignoring or the daughter is ignoring. She's got her headphones on and she's on her phone. And she's like, huh, you said something? And then go in the room and shut the door and the mom is angry, boiling inside. 
She's too used to it. The daughter's too used to it. The husband's too used to it. Right? People are too used to it. So they don't even care anymore. They're hurt, but they don't care about your anger anymore. So who's suffering then? We are. Those who are angry are suffering. So, وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ There will be anger. That is natural. It is human. But it is necessary that we forgive those whom we are angry with. We learned the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا تَغْضَبْ وَلَكَ الْجَنَّةِ لَا تَغْضَبْ وَلَكَ الْجَنَّةِ Can you write these four words? لَا تَغْضَبْ وَلَكَ الْجَنَّةِ What does it mean? For you is Jannah. Right? Not for sure. For sure, لَمْ لَكَ it means for you. Okay? Do not get angry and for you is Jannah. A person came and asked the Prophet ﷺ that what will distance me from Allah's anger? What will save me from Allah's anger? And the Prophet ﷺ said, لا تغضب. Do not get angry. Meaning you don't show anger to Allah's creation and Allah will not show anger to you. You forgive Allah's creation and Allah will forgive you. So this is why it's important that we learn to forgive. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, if anyone suppresses anger when he is in a position to give vent to it, to show it, then Allah will call him on the day of judgment before all the creatures and offer him a huge reward that he can choose. Who? The person who? has the ability to show anger, but he doesn't. So the believer does get angry. There are times and situations that naturally cause anger, but the believer does not get out of control in anger. He stays within limits. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ, when he got angry, his anger would be visible. In fact, in hadith or descriptions such as, his face appeared as if pomegranate had been splashed on his face, had been sprinkled on his face. So red his face was. And that shows how extremely upset he was inside. But what kind of words came out? What volume were they at? What was his body language like? What was his action like? It was controlled. Hum yaghfirun, they forgive. Because the thing is that when we show anger, we become very vulgar. We become very obscene. Honestly, very, very vulgar. We say things that are not acceptable. We look at people, we give them such looks that are not acceptable. And we go back and forth between you know, ourselves and that's not acceptable either. So a believer, when he is angry, he's still composed. He's still controlled. He stays within limits. And that is only possible if you forgive the other person. And what do we think? I should be angry at him. I should be angry at her. She should not have done this. And she should not have said this. Let me give her a piece of my mind so she will learn. Well, did she learn? When you showed her your anger? Did she learn? No. She hit you back the same way you hit her. Did the problem get solved? No, it only got worse. And the worst thing is that the haya that shyness that you had with that individual, that haya is now gone. Because you know with each person there's a level of shyness, right? Because of which we are appropriate. 
But when we are angry and we say harsh things and we do wrong things, then what happens? That barrier is gone. That barrier is gone. And if we have been obscene with one person, we can be obscene with another also. With another also. So, وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ They forgive. And ask Allah to allow you to control your anger. Make dua for it. You might be making, you know, have this list in your mind about what duas you want to make in the month of Ramadan. Add this dua. Because you know what? All of us get angry. All of us do. Sometimes with our children, sometimes with our friends, sometimes with our parents, sometimes with our husbands, sometimes with our co-workers, our friends, whoever. We all get angry. What we need is that in anger, we don't say things which are wrong. And we don't do things which are wrong. So make dua to Allah. Yes. Does something that hurts the other person. Um, if both of them do it to each other, they're never satisfied. So when they leave each other, they both have um, anger. However, if one person steps up and becomes a bigger person, um, it makes you feel better about yourself. Rather, feel worse if you were to hurt the person yes. back or something. So basically, showing anger will never solve any problem. Showing anger will never solve any problem. It will only aggravate the problem. It will only worsen it. So if your focus is islah, is really to solve the problem, then control your anger. Control your displeasure. Be careful about what you say, and how you say it, and what you do. The Prophet ﷺ, he explained anger. He said that it's a flame of fire that shaitan casts in the heart of man, by which he flares up. The person, he just flares up. His eyes become red and nerves, they swell up. And that's what happens. Right? May Allah protect us. But if when we're angry and when we're showing anger, if our words could only be recorded at that time and played before us, we would be embarrassed about our anger. We would be truly embarrassed. It's not cool to show anger. Because what happens is that we watch TV and we say, oh, this guy looked so cool when he showed anger. You know, when he said that and he gave that look and the way he walked out, you know what? I'm going to do that next time. No, 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 no. That's not an example for us. Who's an example for us? The Prophet ﷺ. These verses are an example for us. That, وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ وَالَّذِينَ يَجْتَنِبُونَ كَبَائِرَ الْإِثْمِ وَالْفَوَاحِشِ وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوا you see, all of these qualities, what do they show? Self-control, discipline, avoiding major sins, avoiding even the indecent actions, and then controlling anger also. Let's listen to the recitation. فَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ وَالَّذِينَ يَجْتَنِبُونَ كَبَائِرَ الْإِثْمِ وَالْفَوَاحِشَ وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوهُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ 